Hey, this is Dr. Marisa, women's hormone expert, author, and the host of the Essentially You podcast. And today, I wanted to start with a question. Have you ever noticed a dramatic, uncomfortable shift in the way that you look or feel, even though you feel like you're doing everything right? Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Now this was me for two plus years. I had crazy stubborn weight gain and symptoms that had me stumped. I simply didn't know what was going on. I gained 15 plus pounds over six months without any changes to my routine diet or exercise. If anything, I stepped up my exercise routine and it just made things worse. I was tired all the time after 12 p.m. I couldn't get past the brain fog that kept rolling in every single afternoon. I had cravings for sugar and coffee in the afternoon as well to get me through the day. I was losing the outer part of my eyebrows. My hair wasn't right. Honestly, my digestive system wasn't working properly. I just felt darn right miserable. And I thought I was doing everything right, but something was wrong. I knew I needed to take a step back and dig into the root cause. And when I did, behind all of it was inflammation. It was the root cause that was struggling with my body. Now, beyond my body, I began to realize how serious inflammation affects thousands of women all the time. From autoimmunity to brain fog to gut disorders to hormone imbalances like PMS and irregular menstrual cycles, excess inflammation in the body is what is making us sick. Now, inflammation in moderation is a healthy thing in our body, right? It's a marker of a healthy immune system that is fighting off invaders such as viruses, bacteria, mold, and parasites, and brings necessary blood flow and nutrients to the harmed areas of our body where we're fighting those invaders. That's literally what our immune system was built for. It wasn't built for toxic air fresheners and synthetic shampoos and lotions and rancid seed oils and processed foods and artificial sugar, like the amount of stress that we're dealing with, social media, constant news, like our body and inflammation and immune system weren't ready for all that. So when those types of stressors hit our body, let's be honest, consistently, it starts to wreak havoc on the system. And when we see chronic inflammation play out in the body, it looks like some of these critical health issues that, man, hundreds of millions of people are dealing with here in the U.S. alone. Things like metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's disease or other dementia, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and autoimmune conditions like lupus, endometriosis, and Hajimoto's. Now, in today's podcast shorty, I'm going to share the top 10 most inflammatory foods for your body and why are they so bad for you, right? Food is one of the biggest ways that we can create inflammation in the body. You want inflammation? Just eat a bunch of McDonald's every day, right? That's going to get the job done. And the truth is eating healthy is actually pretty simple. Once you understand what foods may damage your health, you can really start to shift towards eating a more nutrient-dense diet without worrying about what you're eating every single bite. So what is 
an inflammatory diet with a diet that is low in foods with nutrients and ones that cause modern day inflammation. Now, when you eat inflammatory foods, your body produces too many pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are proteins secreted by your immune system to regulate the immune system response. Now, certain foods can trigger your immune system and lead to the overproduction of these pro-inflammatory cytokines, which cause all kinds of issues. I mentioned some of the health issues earlier, but it usually starts in the gut. It usually starts in our metabolic health and also obviously in our cardiovascular system in our brain. So let's talk about what these inflammatory foods are and how we're able to avoid them. First, it's super important to note that the three factors in food that contribute to inflammation the most, one, blood sugar impact, so how much sugar you're eating and how it has impact on your blood sugar levels and variability, quality of fats, so damaged fats like a canola oil and vegetable oils, even seed oils can create inflammation in the body very, very quickly. Part of the reason why we're struggling with belly fat and obesity has a lot to do with rancid seed oils. And then chemicals and toxins like additives, GMOs, hormones, heavy metals, and natural flavors. And then the list, the thousands of preservatives and additives that the FDA has approved, right? Those also count too. So those are just the three factors that we're considering that unfortunately is in tens of thousands of foods in your everyday grocery store. So now that you know what to look out for, here are the worst foods on the list. Now guaranteed, these are this is a general list and everyone's gonna respond a little bit differently, but if you do find that you're struggling with inflammatory issues and you can't put a finger on what it is, I highly recommend giving these foods a break for at least 30 days, seeing how you feel and reintroducing some of them slowly. Now some of these foods you should really keep at a minimum just because ultimately they are gonna lead to ongoing inflammation over time. So the first heavy hitter, which I talk about all the time, is sugar. Sugar is one of the most inflammatory foods and too much of it can destroy your immune system, your brain, your body, your cardiovascular system. Not only that, but lead to insulin resistance, diabetes, or worse, right? Ooh, sugar, it is addictive. I know it is. And it is hard to break up with, but man, we got to lessen the amount of we have. And there's a lot of wonderful hacks on this podcast that really show you how to stabilize blood sugar, even if you're having a little bit of sugar. Next is gluten. So gluten, for so many people, it's pretty dangerous. Gluten causes low-level chronic inflammation. It causes leaky gut syndrome. It causes a variety of digestive and cognitive functions. And it is also strangely addictive. And gluten often is in food products and processed food products that will also spike your blood sugar. So something to be looking out for. Next is refined carbohydrates. In the same vein as sugar, anything that can break down super fast into sugar is going to create blood glucose variability, lead to insulin resistance over time if you're not mindful. So blood sugar spiker here, refined carbohydrates, starches, refined flours. This is baked foods. This is crackers. This is bread on the market, right? So a lot of this also potentially contains gluten and it breaks down very easily. It's something to be mindful of. Next, food additives and preservatives. I always recommend that when you look at the label, and I have a whole episode on becoming label savvy, I have a couple different episodes on that, but you're looking for as minimal amount of ingredients as possible. The goal is minimally processed, as minimally processed as possible. We just discovered these crackers for Kingston called Brad's crackers, and they're not even baked. They are air dried and pressed together, so they're as minimally processed as possible. 
And I love that because that means that the food really wasn't tampered with that much. So it's important to look for an ingredient list as short as possible with the least amount of ingredients in it so that you know that it's not severely processed. We know when things are enhanced with flavors and textures and colors, they're designed to extend shelf life, designed to taste better, but they also bring a lot of inflammatory properties to the mix. Next is artificial sweeteners. I don't know how artificial sweeteners ever got approved. They are nasty. I'll tell you what, they're chemicals. Let's just call it what it is. Aspartame, right? Monosodium glutamate, sucralose. There's so many artificial sweeteners out there. They mess with your gut microbiome. They can create gut dysbiosis. They mess with your blood sugar. I know that they claim that they don't, but they do. You know what? Avoid them. Avoid them at all costs. Have an apple. Have some blueberries and some raspberries instead. There's a lot of ways that we can integrate foods that are naturally sweet without having to add in artificial sweeteners. Next, probably one of the biggest offenders, highly processed vegetable and seed oils. This is vegetable oils, corn oil, canola oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, high, high, high in omega fatty acids, no omega-6 fatty acids, which causes excess inflammation. I feel like it's supposed to be a one-to-one omega-3 to omega-6s. On average, a person is a 15-to-1 omega-6 to omega-3s. So we are way lopsided in the wrong direction, leading to mass inflammation, firing off those cytokines, which is not good. Now, the other thing that's even more scary is the trans fats, the partially hydrogenated oils. Now we know that trans fats are bad, right? And here's why. They're often disguised in processed food and even the US Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, doesn't recognize them as safe. Well, thank goodness. They are highly inflammatory and may raise your risk of high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, and strokes. And not may, they will raise your risk for all of those things, hands down. Next on my list is processed meats. Again, we wanna be so mindful of the hormones, the additives, the unhealthy ingredients, the sulfites that they put in these foods. If it's not organic, you know, even deli meat, cured meats, just be really mindful because it is highly processed and just creates inflammation in the body. Especially if you're dealing, I mean, like someone with gout, they eat processed meats and oh my goodness, right? Like we can even see if there's already a state of inflammation in the body, processed meats can just tip you over the edge. Next is conventionally raised meat and dairy. So any meat that's not organic and the animals are not being treated with the highest standards and they're full of hormones and antibiotics, it's just not the best option, right? If they're being fed corn and soybeans. I mean, they're being fed refined, yucky oils, right, at the end of the day. So we want to make sure that our animals are hormone, antibiotic, and GMO-free and not grain-fed because that is a very highly inflammatory, very processed animal. Then farm-raised fish and seafood. Again, the same issue here. When they are corn-fed, soy-fed, meal-fed, a lot of high omega-6s, higher chemical exposure, less quality protein, right, than their wild-caught counterparts. I'd much rather you eat fish less and do it wild-caught than do farm tilapia, right? But there is good news. And here's the thing, knowledge is power. The more that we start to become observant, the more that we start to ask questions, the more that we get more curious about the quality of our food and we start to vote with our fork, everything begins to shift. There are more options. Brad's crackers did not exist 10 years ago, right? There's a lot of products on the market that are more minimally processed and are more close to nature than ever before because we are demanding it. We want better food. We want nutrient density for ourselves and our family. We gotta keep voting with our fork, right? We are gonna vote out fast food one day 
if we keep making the choices towards nutrient-dense foods. So again, we can always play a role in preventing and reducing inflammation. Now, while inflammatory foods like sugar, refined oils, and gluten, dairy, absolutely put a risk of inflammation and they're super easy to get your hands on, you can eat an anti-inflammatory diet that's very nutrient-dense. I talk all about the trifecta, which is healthy fats, lean, healthy protein, and lots and lots of fiber from plant foods, right? That's the ticket right there. And there are recipes. Right now, I have got a summit happening. It's the Hormone Relief Summit. And as a gift for the Hormone Release Summit, which is such a perfect gift for today, I give you my top 14 hormone recipe guide. And I'll tell you what, I've got a turkey burger recipe in there, I've got smoothies in there, I've got yummy salads in there, I've got entrees and sides, and this whole meal plan or this whole recipe guide can get you through a week. There are recipes in this guide that we use every single week because they're some of my favorite, favorite foods. Because you know, we don't make a lot of different recipes every week, right? We you stick with your staples. So this could become a guide that has a lot of your staples in it. So if you register for the Hormone Relief Summit, which you do not want to miss out on this event, um, you will also get the recipe guide immediately delivered to your inbox. So you can pull it up, start going grocery shopping, get the things that you need and start really focusing on those nutrient dense foods. Now, meanwhile, if you are loving these tips today, be sure to subscribe for more easy tips to heal your hormones and upgrade your health. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.